Hello, 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 hello. Wonderful people out there in crypto land, crypto traders around the world. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site for what we're doing. I hope some of you have checked it out. I do see an increase in traffic, so thank you for that. There's a lot to talk about, some of which I'll cover on the podcast here, some of which goes to our YouTube channel. But there's a lot I want to talk about with you guys because I do think there's some troubling things happening and we're hopefully coming out on the back end good, but I'm not sure. Let me get the particulars out of the way and then we'll dive right into this and I'll give you some updates. I don't think this episode will be too long, but who knows? As I said, CryptoTalkRadio.net is a site. Check it out. In the upper right, we have our tribe membership. We have some membership growth that happened very recently. Thank you to all of our tribe members. We appreciate you. We are working very hard to deliver on what we said for all the different content. Things are being uploaded. We just uploaded our episode very recently with Mr. Josh Sagala, the video for that, for the uh, tribe members. And then we've perfected our studio for those uh, private recordings. So that's going very well for the weeklies. We should be good going forward. We did run into a technical issue that's been solved, um, but it's a go-forward fix, unfortunately. So I've been reaching out to members that were affected to make sure they're back on track. The other thing I'll point out here, we now have our automatically synchronized YouTube feed. The YouTube feed, this basically lets you listen to our YouTube audio as a podcast in your app. So this is made available to our, uh, basically to our triad members. There's a separate way that you can subscribe to this if you're a triad member on the triad radiance side, and I believe also on the titanium side. This will let you hear the audio so that if you're not following the YouTube channel, and of course the YouTube channel does have visual things, so you might want to check it anyway. But for those that like to hear and just keep up to date with the audio, that is available, and it's automatically synchronizing latest build, uh, latest published updates. So that's awesome. We have to figure out a new way to do that, but currently this is the best way, except there's some other things that we will create in the future to try to optimize it even further. So that's out there. Uh, the other bit of news around Crypto Talk Radio and the brand and everything that we're doing, a lot of things have been happening recently in crypto. With the Luna, there were so many things under the hood even I wasn't aware of. Downstream impacts that, to me, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on what I'm seeing and what I heard. Things where apparently the Luna, the whole thing with Luna, the sales pitch when it started, was to somehow maximize Bitcoin. So now I'm thinking way back to when Bitcoin was jumping from $40,000 all the way to $65,000 and what part Luna played in this and what part Luna played for this type of stuff and did was there some connection? Like I, I'm starting to get tinfoil on, was there some connection between this Luna and the unreasonable pumps where it was like a bubble waiting to burst? I just identified that one of our episodes, really old episode, we're talking like December 7th, one of our old episodes, there was an issue on the site. So what was happening was you can see it in the search, it comes back, but when you try to play it, nothing happens. And I don't know if all of the ones in this situation are similarly affected. I assume they are. So I'll just let you know what it is here. If you try to play on our site, this is CryptoTalkRadio.net when I see our site, when you try to play an, an episode, if nothing happens when you click the play button, what it looks like is happening is that episode is still hosted on the old host, and for whatever reason, it's not respecting the redirect, even though the audio works. So if you do the download option, it'll play perfectly fine, but it just won't play out the play button. I'm going to work with my web host and try to figure out if they can fix that, 
Suffice to say, though, that what it tells me is when those episodes come up, it means that the new host, Anchor, didn't pull in the audio because what they're supposed to have done is copy the audio in, replace the stream path to theirs so that it always plays. Everything that's Anchor plays perfectly fine. What I would ask of everybody listening to this, for those that are going through our site and trying to play episodes from our site, everything new, I would say, since late March should play perfectly fine. But if you happen to go back in the archives, sometimes I'll say, listen to this old episode or something, and you come across this scenario where it doesn't play, please report that to us at the contact link at the top. Let us know which episode it was that you were trying to play so that we can correct it because we don't want to have episodes you cannot play. Now, the downside of me fixing it is that you'll see duplication in there. You'll see that the same episode appears twice. Some of them are like that. There's nothing I can do because the old podcast host is still technically there. I'm just not publishing new content to it. So for now, bear with it. At some point when I move to a new host, then I can start investigating because some of the more expensive hosts have options to remove duplication and that sort of stuff. So for now, I'm just going to deal with it. Um, it's, it's annoying, but I'll just deal with it as is and see what happens from here. Uh, and then on the other part of the news, let me do some external news. I haven't done external news in a while. And there was a couple of things that did happen. I think are worth your time real quick. Let me crash course through these first up. The whole Luna situation is still an ongoing issue. It shouldn't be, but it is the Doe rug pull as I call him. Uh, it's now coming out that apparently he's just kind of frustrated. He thought that everybody would be on board with the fork. He thought that everybody really praised him and was bowing down to him and he could do no wrong. And then the community totally turned against him, does not like his proposal at all, wants to do the burn. He doesn't want to do the burn. There was a lot of issues where he sent out an address in frustration and then scammers got involved and they sent out a bad address. So people got ripped off of their Luna he came back when he was challenged about it and said, well, you know, you asked, so I just gave it to you. I don't know why you want to do it. Didn't understand how you need to manage people. And I'm hopeful. I'm not optimistic, but I'm hopeful that people start to realize that this guy didn't never care about anybody in the, in the circle. He didn't care about the so-called lunatics. He didn't care about the Terra group. He cared about himself. And this is what, I don't like the word narcissist in this context, but he is ultimately, he thinks he's on a pedestal, has thought. He was on a pedestal, untouchable. He does no wrong. He can solve all these things. And now that everybody's coming out against his proposal, we see his true colors. So if you're in Luna, I'm sorry. As I said repeatedly, I know some people on YouTube have said different things. I'm telling you what I see. It is going to fork. We don't know when. We don't know what it looks like. It is going to fork. There are burns happening now but they're not having a dent in the price and they're not going to because too much damage has been done. Now, when you look at the price movement, unfortunately what's happening is that there are people who are selling out for profit. So it's not going to be able to get past a lot of that resistance that they're going to encounter, which we expect it to be the case. I'm not telling you that there's no hope. I am saying that if you were in Luna and you lost a lot of money, I'm hopeful that you didn't YOLO into it. If you did, I'm not optimistic. You're going to get significant amounts of your money back because that's not what it's, that's not what it's looking like. It looks like no matter which way you slice, you're going to get screwed out of something because the older holders, there's like a different percentage than the newer holders. The older holders will get a higher percentage, but still like 60% or something. Everybody's going to lose other than Doe Rugpull and whoever he's aligned with on the back end. There was some rumor about 
some woman that he's sending $100,000 a month to. I don't have any story on that. I'm just saying that from what I can tell, you're pretty much SOL um, if you were in this project. And I'm sorry if that's the case because I don't want to see people get screwed like that. Um, but that's what it's looking like from my eyes. And what the let time, you know, wait and see what happens in the future and see where it goes. Because as it stands, I'm not seeing very much hope <laughs> for that whole ecosystem. So that's one. The other bit of news is apparently there was another project out there. And this one, I didn't hear anything about it. It's called Stable Gains. It's a yield funding app. And this is causing a lot of chatter, not just this one, but in general, about yield farming and yield funding and yield, 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 right? All of these are kind of collapsing. They're, 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 they're collapsing under their own weight. The Stable Gains, they're, get, they're getting sued. And the way that it worked, the reason for the suit is bizarre. Let me try to break this down best I can. I can't, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around how this is even possible. And I can only assume, because I didn't do deep analysis on that one. I never heard of it till now. And maybe it's something where I do analysis a little bit later. But what I can parse out of this is that this, this yield farming application is the D app and allows you to farm and what they claimed was that everything was backed by USDC and that it was paying with USDC in order to do all this yield farming. And then the the house, the housing funds were USDC based. USDC is arguably the most stable of the stable coins right now. It came out later that, uh, and I don't know if this is like a whistleblower or whatever, but it came out later that the company was keeping its funds in UST. And as we know, UST basically crapped in zero value. I assume, and I don't know this, but I assume that they started USDC and then they switched to something else. The reason I assume this is Libera uh, actually started the same way, or F Libero, sorry, F Libero started the same way. It started, it launched with USDC and then it switched to Wrapped Phantom, which is good. Wrapped Phantom, unfortunately, is a volatile asset, but they were they switched away from USDC and then went to something else. Here it looks like this stable gains switched to UST and people lost a lot of money. So now the people are suing, and then the company, the stable gains company, basically countersued and said, you know what, if you don't withdraw this lawsuit right now, you ain't getting your money. And I can't imagine a company like this <laughs> being able to support, like getting away with that, to say, you know what, yeah, you're suing us, right? You better back off that lawsuit, or we're definitely not giving you your money back. Like, you can't, I suspect what they're doing is they're resonating with the fact that it's largely unregulated, and I understand I don't think they're going to get away with it, but it's going to set some precedents, right, for yield farming in general, um, backing funds, how those work, what power the investor has. This goes to why I say that any regulation should be. The investor has the full power of what that company does. They should not be able to make independent decisions without the approval of the investors, and that's what you're seeing, and that's what's causing this is they were allowed to run roughshod, essentially. Now, you're wondering, okay, break down how this might have happened. What I understand is that they took, so basically people would deposit money and into this, and I don't, I don't understand the whole depositing straight fiat for this, but apparently that's what happened. And they took the money and then they converted it to UST and then put them into Anchor. Anchor was a DeFi protocol, and what it did is it basically tried to say that there's a 20% APY on what you deposit. And people had said this is unsustainable. There's no way they can sustain 20% because there's a lot of assets in this thing. And it was like a bubble that was waiting to burst. When this was first proposed, they were talking about using USDC. 
They were talking about small allocations. They were talking about DAI, which is a different stable coin. All these things that never, none of this, none of this came to fruition. So now here's where, here's where I was kind of frustrated. People started looking into this and they started trying to figure out what the heck happened. Somebody went in and they finally decided to read the terms and conditions. And I want to point this out because I think it's important because when you hear me call out bad terms and conditions, this is why. They read the terms and conditions and it said in the terms and conditions, quote, under no circumstances shall stable gains be liable to losses due to the exchange rate of UST to USDC at the time of processing your USD withdrawal request. So here's what that means. If we accept that USDC is a stable coin, because it is, it's backed by the US dollar, but UST is an algorithmic stable coin, which means that it doesn't necessarily have a guarantee that it was going to maintain its peg, as we've recently seen. This whole thing, that statement in the terms and conditions is the reason that I read terms and conditions and I call out projects that have sketchy terms in the terms and conditions because, unfortunately, when they do that, it means there's something that they know. This, to me, in my read, means that they had to know that it was unsustainable, the UST side, because it's the only reason that you would put it in there as a exchange rate of one to the other is you have concerns about one of them, and you suspect one of them might be risky, and you went ahead and did that anyway, regardless of the risk. Now, the one solace of this, I said before, anybody can say anything in a contract, anybody can say anything in terms and conditions. If it's illegal, it's illegal. My theory, and again, I didn't ever hear the stable gains till now, but my theory is that this gets thrown out, their counter gets thrown out, and they're going to be required to pay people back somehow. That they can't withhold funds, and you got to make them right, because essentially what you did is you created a, a scheme, right? You created this, this honeypot type scheme, and then you hid in the terms and conditions this line. Yes, they should have read them regardless you can't be enriched off taking people's money. Even if it's not your fault, the thing is you switched the assets at the last minute and didn't disclose this. I suspect people get their money back. I am not in a position to say 100%. I just thought it was a very concerning situation, this happening, especially because for whatever reason, a lot of these big players all just jump straight into this whole stuff with you know Terra and UST, and people are wondering what the heck's going on. Now, this whole Terra again, apparently the whole sell point behind this was its connection to Bitcoin. Bitcoin has been reasonably stable. It has tanked, don't get me wrong. It peaked at like 65,000, went down to like 29,000. I 100% get you. It did tank. I'm saying that relatively speaking, over, I think it was like 80,000 Bitcoin was dumped. And for the most part, it maintains stability. For the most part, you saw people buying dips of it. So what I'm saying is that the sentiment for Bitcoin is still strong. It has been strong and maintains its strength. And that's kudos, I think, to cryptocurrency that even in the face of this kind of an issue, that we have that strength of this particular asset. And we believe that there's something here and we're not going to let it break simply because of one-off issues. Now, what I don't like to see is that we might have other things out there that are trying to do that same, not pegging, but direct correlation between Bitcoin and their project, where we could have another crash again. Unless we learn from it and we do something better about it, again, for me, that's regulation around people. Because I think a lot of these would have been averted if you have regulation around people. 
People should not be able to make unilateral decisions on the behalf of the investors. They cannot act unless the investor tells them so. I also think for cryptocurrency in general, we need to get to the point where we simplify the definition of investment. I've said before, if I give you something with an expectation of a return of value, that is an investment. I don't care what you have to say about it. It's an investment because I wouldn't have given it to you if I didn't expect a return. If we get to the point where we can hard code that definition, now we can apply the rules of investments. The rules of investment is that you are a custodian of funds. As a custodian of funds, you will not independently act without talking to me with what you're going to do with my money. This means, yes, there's an overhead, there's a burden on the, on the face because you have to do, even if it's not an official prospectus or something else, you got to do something where you're documenting. Here's where we are. Here's our health. Here's what we're thinking of acquiring. Here's what we're thinking of developing. Here's where we lost money. Here's our staffing situation. Here's the sentiment. Here's our marketing plan. Like you have to, you are required to account and document for all this. And no, I don't mean garbage get book. I mean, it's a PDF that you distribute to people on a quarterly basis at minimum that tells people where you are and the state of health of the business. You are not forcing them to tell a scam. You are distributing the information to them. In a perfect world, we would also have voting and proxy voting for the investors so they have to provide contact. Now, I know what some would say. Doesn't that contradict the concept of anonymity? It doesn't have to. You don't have to know a person's name. You simply have to have a way to contact them. There's a difference. So what many will do is they'll simply make some way that somebody can subscribe to something to receive an email with the prospectus. As an investor, we are, we are requiring you to subscribe to this even to invest in our product. If you do that, then we'll make sure you get the prospectus timely. I just want to see that we have some requirements for documentation telling people what's going on and that we get away from these projects forcing people to tell a scam to get updates. I actually, go, I'm going on YouTube here in about an hour to talk about some of the things I'm seeing with Libero because they're publishing stuff in their telescam that they're not putting on their site. They're putting it in Twitter, but because of the nature of Twitter, it's confusing people. Even in the telescam, it's confusing people, all because they don't know how to act like a business. So I'm going to be going live to talk about that. I think all of these cryptos, though, at the end of the day, because they don't behave like a business, they're not being held hostage. They're holding their investors hostage. And that's got to stop, in my opinion. The other bit of news I'll, I'll chomp on, Ethereum. Ethereum's price has been going down. There's multiple reasons. Of course, the Bitcoin is part of that. I also believe that sentiment plays a part because of the delays with ETH20. And just to put in perspective, some YouTubers came out and said, you know, ETH20 is due back in the beginning of the 2022. No, ETH20 has been delayed. I, they were first talking about that thing as early back as late 2020. So no, let's be clear here. It is multiple years delayed, and that's just to do the second step. The first step's done, but it's useless to you and I. The second step is somewhat useless to you and I, but at least it's progress. And the fact that they haven't made significant progress in that direction called for, in this case, Pulse Chain to step up and try to take off some of the load because for those that don't know, the way that everything works for gas, right, as the price of Ethereum goes down, the gas prices go up, which is backwards, but that's what we see, generally speaking. Not always, but generally speaking. Pulse Chain was designed to take some of the load off Ethereum such that Ethereum could still do its job, but help with the gas and help with the volume and ideally buy some time. Now, the problem is Pulse Chain also had a delay 
According to Richard Hart, it's going to be delayed another month or so. But here's the problem I have with this is he released multiple videos that he sent all over social media saying, no, we're done. We're ready to go. I mean, we can go right now. Okay, that wasn't true because why would you need a delay? Like a lot of these devs all across, and this is not a criticism of any one of them. It's all of them. It's the industry. It's the business. A lot of these devs like Satama, right? They're creating this hype. They'll make a statement. They know they can't back up just to get hype out there. That's what they're doing. And so, unfortunately, it has the opposite effect when it turns out not to be true and we see that the price tanks. That's good for, you know, neener, 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 deep, deep, but it's not good for the people holding or waiting because sentiment is lost. And I said before, sentiment is one of those things, it's hard to get it back once you've lost it. And I don't know what it's going to take for some of these providers and devs to get a clue to say, stop making these hype statements. If you can't deliver, don't deliver. Or if you're not sure, just say you're not sure. When I was building out the new structure, right, for CTR, and I said that, hey, we're about to change the site and we're about to change the brand. And I said, here's where I'm looking to do it. I gave a month and I said about late month and I was right on target. I had one where it was delayed and I told you it's going to be delayed in advance and said it's pretty much on target, but there's one thing that I was picky about. I could have gone live, but I was picky about it. And ultimately, I've been on target. Now, in the month of May, I didn't create a projection because things started changing. The month of May, I need to recalibrate, reset, get casual talk updated, which has been done. It's now on the new site. Now I need to launch its triad, now that I have the sense of what I want it to do. But I also need to circle back and continue uploading content for Crypto Talk Radio. Because I'm at this point basically uploading content that you were already entitled to as a triad member, it means I have to take the time to get that done. Well, then there's also the long-term vision, which is the 101, the educational aspect of the thing. So there's a lot on deck. I don't really have a piece on where things fall. And I mentioned to everybody here, because of my endeavor, scheduling gets sketchy. I'm not really sure. That's why I don't make a commitment. Because I can never know when the endeavor is going to kind of hit me with a curveball. Like today... There was not very many curveballs. We had some meetings in the morning, one quick meeting in the afternoon. It was all good. There was not anything loaded on me. There was not a burden. It wasn't frustrating. It was just a normal, easy day, and I was able to do the updates. But yesterday was a little bit of a nightmare. So because of the sketchiness that I told you about, that's why I held off on guests. I actually had a, a marketing company reach out and say, there's a bunch of NFT projects that we want to get on your show. And I pushed back a little bit until the beginning of June because I knew scheduling would be iffy and I wanted to get past all the scheduling turmoil, get to some settled state. However, if they're willing to pay me for getting on YouTube and our video channels, I'm cool with that because I can make that work. I can just tell my client, you know what? I'm working four hours this day because I got other stuff to do and they're fine with it. I want to just make sure I'm getting paid for the work I do. For the free, as far as getting guests on the show, there that will happen. But after I get past the endeavor, because that's paying me, Hopefully that makes sense. I have realigned, and that's why you're not hearing target specific target dates from me. But when I see projects like these that just put out a hype date, Satama does it, Richard Hart's done it, and all these other ones put out a target date, and then they fail to meet it, even Liberal did it to some degree, I'm not that guy. I want to make sure I can deliver on the date I say or be a little bit fluffy, like an end of month or something else, because I don't want to be held in a situation where I couldn't deliver for you at some point, like I said, with the new token for the Radiance members, I said that's somewhere in Q3, Q4, because I have to start the investigation in June. That's on track. I actually already started 
because I wanted to get a head start and just know what I was up against. There's a lot more than I expected, but it's nothing I can't handle. In fact, I have to talk to my uh, learning provider uh, and do a little bit more work and hopefully wrap that up today. We had an issue, but it's on track. It's on track for when I said it was going to do. I'm one that's going to deliver when I commit. And it's distressing to see so many token projects that don't believe that same thing. They don't believe in delivering what they say they're going to deliver when they say they're going to deliver it. And I've always wanted to be that one that stands out in the crowd and delivers where everybody else fails. That's a huge mission. That's a huge challenge. But I'm up for the challenge, and I appreciate people that listen to the show because without you guys, I wouldn't be at this point. The last thing I'll cover fast. This won't take too long. Let's wrap up here quick so I can get to our YouTube that's airing here in about uh, 45 minutes. So for going forward on the main, on the YouTube and the video channels, we are now on pretty much every major video outlet that there is. We have the YouTube channel. It's the primary YouTube synchronizes over to rumble. It synchronizes over to odyssey. We have TikTok for targeted, you know, like, Hey, awareness type things. We don't use TikTok that much. So I think TikTok's garbage, but we do have it. And then we have uh, Vimeo and Vimeo today is pretty much used for our triad members and it's secured. So we've got increased video awareness. The goal is to start in now our outreach was on our roadmap. If you remember that, one of our goals was to start outreaches to get more people to engage with us so that we can do more coverage and hopefully help make a dent and solve where I think we're going in crypto, which is we have a lack of true serious coverage. I'm talking the regular coverage that you might see on TV, right? The regular Larry King type stuff. We lack this. Everything is either a shill or it's an AMA with a giveaway or it's a do 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 type garbage or you see that stupid thumbnail and all. Have you noticed on YouTube, they all have the same style of thumbnail where it's them and they're looking up in shock at something, whether it's a super price or a super APY or a chart or some coin. Everybody is following the same style. And here's the sad part, folks. Those are the ones that get the most views because there are a set of people out there who get set off seeing this as they're bored at work and they're flipping through to watch something while they're bored at work and they see all these interesting looking thumbnails and they click on those. I'm trying to break that. I do have some interesting looking thumbnails, but you're not going to see me looking up in shock at some chart that's stupid to me. I would like it where you see an image that's reasonably intriguing and reasonably interesting and you see some text and that looks kind of cool and I want to learn something and it's an educational something and it's somewhat long and there's no excessive cut editing uh, like this garbage. It seems like it's very well produced and it's very well professional. It's got a good background. Like it's got all the fundamentals. I think we'll get there, but it's going to take me some time to break the damage that was caused when YouTube allowed people to create custom. Cause in the old days used to be, you could not create a custom thumbnail unless you had a certain number. You had to be a member for a certain long time. You had to have a certain number of subscribers. You had to have a certain fundamental in your coverage, like you had certain videos of certain lengths. and da, da, da. There was a lot of rules. Other than that, you could not have a custom thumbnail. Then they said everybody could do it, and now it's just accessible. I can't stand YouTube. So I have plugins in my browser that turn off the sidebar and turn off the recommended and turn off the next playing and turn off all this garbage so I just see the video I want, like the old days. And so I, I'm... My whole intent for Leicester Live, which is the other program under Crypto Talk Radio, that's the video side, is to try to bring back some of that spirit. Again, in your mind, think of Larry King type coverage. I want to talk to 
projects. I want to talk to people inside and help bring awareness to some of these things, but also do it on a serious note. We're not trying to shill your project. We're not trying to hype the project. I'm going to hit you with the hard questions that you may not want to hear. And hopefully I can get to that world. It's going to take some time. We are going it slowly. I'm not rushing anything. The downside, unfortunately, on YouTube is that many of the people that go there are going there for one specific project, unless you're a shiller. And I refuse to be a shiller. So we have to see how that works. It's not saying that I'm going to stop doing it because I do think there's an appetite, but I do want to grow it. And I need you guys help. If you are interested in what we do on the podcast, I will continue doing that. That's my commitment to you. It is never going to change. We will cover projects. The only reason I haven't covered an underdog project is that everything's down. And it felt like there's no point because everything's in the red. I don't want you to go in feeling like, well, geez, everything's down and I don't want to lose more money. I would understand that. That's the only reason I haven't covered the underdogs. And the only reason I didn't excessively cover news is because you know most of the news that's out there probably. The biggest news is Luna, and that's fiasco. And Bitcoin's crash, which looks like it's related to Luna. Okay, well, it's the dominant thing, and I didn't want to browbeat you with what you already knew. There's a couple other things out there, but it didn't feel like they were worth the time, like GameStop creating a wallet. I don't know that that makes any, like it's not going to make any more sales. It's not going to make any more popular. I, if I had a case, I would say Radio Shack's deal is way more intriguing, and maybe I'll cover that one of these days. I just, I was holding off because we're in the red, and I didn't want to talk about a project while we're in the red excessively because it felt like a waste of your time. That said, if you want me to do that regardless of the red, let us know at CryptoTalkRadio.net. At the top, click contact, send us that message, and give us that feedback. We operate for you guys. Let me know what you think. I am just going on my pulse here, no pun intended, and I need the pulse of the people listening, and I need them telling me, Yes, we still want that, even though it's in the red, and you'll just put it in the books and revisit it later, or I would cover what I think is relevant and important enough to talk about, but not excessively on the projects, or I can talk about the projects. You tell me, this is your podcast, it's your show, as far as listeners. My job is to serve you and provide the information that's going to keep you interested. So let me know. Fill it out. Let me know what you think. Well, at the end of the day, I will do what I can to provide information that I think is directly relevant, that directly affects you, because I don't want you to be impacted by what's going on, and I certainly don't want to talk about something that's a waste of your time. Thank you for listening today. I know it's frustrating. We've had some green, but it didn't last long, and the reason is because of sell pressure now, because we're going to have people that are trying to dump out that had major losses, and so we're going to have to fight past that now to get back up. That's the challenge of going down <laughs> is it's harder to go back up. If we get past whatever's going on with Luna, perhaps that resolves. If it's true that that's the only root cause, we don't even know that. We don't know what's going on. It's a sketchy situation. And this is one where we're just going to have to let the passage of time unravel itself. If we start seeing more green candles coming in June, it'll affirm what I've been saying that you know ultimately people are dumping tax money into things. And I do see some growth. People are buying some projects. One of them I covered in the past, Ariva, is growing really well because they have some out of, outside of the bubble utility. Time will tell where we go from here, folks. For now, thank you. I will check back in with you Thursday. Try not to get too let down by the price movements that we see and the failure of it to get back up. Hopefully, we will start moving forward. I think we have to flush out some of these quail of issues that we got. And I do suspect that we, sh we 
will get to a point. It's just we don't know when. I know you've heard me say that before, and I apologize. But I do think we'll get to a point. Just hold the line, hold tight, and be smart. Don't FOMO into something. Just be smart about it. Realize that anything that's green now isn't going to last because there's so much damage. We just got to bear the line and hold firm. I will be with you. If you're willing to follow along with me on the podcast, I will be with you and do the best I can to provide the same information I've always done. 